2: Hello, Trojan fans! Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. We got to talk, of course, of USC Trojan football here on the Pairstyle Podcast and on YouTube, or simulcasting. I'm Ryan Abraham, and alongside of me is Chris Trevino. Over here, Chris, what's up, bud?
1: What's up? I'm happy to be back. Did not get to go last week, obviously, Ryan. We had some health and safety protocols, but yes. great to be back in studio with you.
2: I am back in studio. I tested negative health and safety protocols. I'm back in studio. We can do this on YouTube again, uh, which is a lot of fun. We love doing this on YouTube, along with uh, our regular uh, outlet on the Peristyle podcast. we got a great show for you today. Lots of stuff talking about USC football. Of course, we're going to recap the spring game, put a little bow on that, USC spring football 2022. we got some transfer portal stuff. We got projected depth charts that Chris has been putting together. Got some uh, recruiting stuff. We got all kinds of stuff going on here on the Parasol podcast. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com. You can also go uh, and send us a voicemail or a text message at 424 254 nine one four one and if you're following along on the apple podcasting app which we hope you do you can leave us a five-star review there which really helps to grow the show we got a new one chris oh i wanted to uh, read it from uh, drb in the valley it's five stars it said must listen pod for usc football fans uh, i've missed only one or two episodes in the last 12 years 12 years uh, You've been doing this 12 years, Ryan? Uh, Since 2008. We've been doing it a long time. Uh, about time to give it a five-star review. It is deserved all along. Uh, through good times and the bad for the team, this pod delivers the truth of USC football. Well, thank you uh, for that review. We appreciate that. Uh, if you have uh, Spotify, you can leave us a five-star rating there. You can't leave a review, but that's why we love the Apple one because you can leave a review. So we appreciate those, and it does help. The more reviews you get, it kind of grows the show, and so we appreciate everyone doing that uh chris do you ever review a podcast have you done have you been doing uh, i've
1: never reviewed a podcast before i've reviewed like shops a couple times okay. you know where they're like you know give it give 10 percent discount yes uh if you leave us a review or stuff like that or if someone really sort of impresses me with customer service sometimes i will leave a uh review i've never done a podcast before i still haven't gotten to know the fact this is a 12 year old podcast <laughs> This podcast is older than I've been living in California. That's wild
2: to me. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been hats off to you. It's been around a long time. I mean, I originally started because I wouldn't do a whole lot of local radio uh, because you know in the spring football they'd be talking about the Lakers or the Dodgers and stuff. They would hardly talk about USC. But I would do radio across the country talking about USC, and I'm like, I want to talk more about USC. I'm gonna start my own podcast. Like never listened to podcasts before. I started a podcast. I've I recorded far, far more podcasts than I've ever listened to podcasts.
1: Two thousand eight, the podcast landscape was so much different. Yeah. W- what was it? Was it like only two podcasts out there? Like what was the there was what like was it?
2: Me and the Solid Verbal, like the, we were two of the earliest like, okay. college football podcasts. So we've, I've talked with the Solid Verbal guys for a long time, and now now everybody has a podcast. But uh,
1: everyone has a podcast, yeah,
2: even like the Keelys of the world doing their own oh podcast. Gosh. What are you? about? Oh my about? gosh! Come on. Uh, you know what? I would never do. I would never start a podcast and like bring someone as like an intern, like a you know like a distant relative of the podcast, and not really be part of it, and then. Full, you know, give them a promotion to be part of the podcast, only to dissolve said podcast within minutes.
1: Oddly specific. And <laughs> as someone who you being someone who has very uh, experience in this podcasting world, I can say that's probably a golden rule that no podcast should break. As Never. someone who was an OG podcaster, um, do you remember your first podcast? Was it just you in a room? Talking? It was.
2: It was uh, me and Harvey Hyde, and I don't think. I think we have everything – we're up to almost 1,500 episodes now. So we, our 1,000th episode, we had Matt Leinert come on. It was nice. And uh, I think we're getting close to 1,500. But I think our very first one is the only one I couldn't, like, find the recording for. But it was me and Harvey Hyde sitting in a restaurant in Pasadena, one of the ones that he would sponsor him. And we had, like, recording device sitting there and, like, recording it in person. Um, that was, like, the first one and uh, I think it was, like, February 2008 or something. Yeah, crazy. For, a, for a milestone, you should recreate that podcast.
1: We could that do that podcast. Yeah. We, we you could just
2: redo it. Would be, it would be it'd be fun. Uh but we I've loved it. I've loved uh doing it. And you kind of get good at it. People ask me questions all the time about podcasting. Uh young people, you know, Keely's, you know, been very appreciative of like me teaching her kind of the ropes of the podcast. Now she's doing her own, which is great to see. Um, so yeah, I, I love the I love this outlet, and I love the fact that we're doing the video portion of it too. Uh, on YouTube and and kind of expanding that way, so people kind of what? Yeah, evolving. we're evolving. We're definitely we always evolve the show, uh, and we always take you know questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to see differently. Sometimes they're like, "Hey, I don't like that show." Well, we do like three, four, five shows a week. So if you don't like a particular guest, then hopefully you like some of the other ones. So we try to give you a variety of what's going on. And uh, speaking of variety, Chris, I got a question for you. So. Thanks again to our sponsor, longtime sponsor, Trader Joe's. I have a graphic now if you're on the YouTube. Whoa. Uh, Trader Joe's. Yeah, so we're, we're getting super fancy with this stuff. Had a question, recorded the, uh, po- the podcast of champions earlier, and someone asked us a question. If you were on a desert island, stranded, so you have water, but you don't have anything else, but you can have one cart full of one item from Trader Joe's, what would that item be? It was hard for me. I'll let you, give you a minute to think because I was like, well, a lot of the stuff I like are like frozen, like things you need to use. Yeah, we like have micro- to not
1: – we can't utilize cooking right. essentially.
2: I mean I guess you could use like an open flame, but that like your your orange chicken or whatever, like it's not going to work, right? I ain't
1: got no air fryers on this
2: island. There's no air fryers. So I said, well, and if I only have one basket, I assume I'm not getting rescued like in a week. I'm going to get something I just like to eat. So I'm going to get the uh, peanut butter cups. <laughs> so I'll just get gonna... You're going
1: to be you're going to be dead. Those but, things are going to melt, Ryan. Oh, that's a good you're, point. going you're no, keep it a water. solid. What? Oh my god, this is terrible. Okay,
2: but but I want to <laughs> eat something like a snack. Maybe the the chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, those those wouldn't melt. The little package of chocolate chip cookies. Something that I like I'm if I'm I know I'm going to eventually run out of whatever. I've I only have one basket full of it, right? So, I'm going to eat something like a snack, something good. You're going to
1: turn diabetic. What do you think? And a, an hour onto this uh, island, uh, I would I would try to do something. I would do like the peach halves. You know, Trader okay. Joe's has those like jars of like uh, peach halves. They're delicious, and okay. I can. It's fruit, so it's sort of. It's going to give me energy. Also, I have the peach juice nectar, so I you can could have drink like that. drink that a little bit. That that's kind of what I'm thinking. And maybe if there's seeds, I can plant a peach tree. Did peaches oh, have trees? Dude. I think they do. The pit. But I don't think those are those are
2: included. You will be dead by the time the, the trees become. Okay, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> outlasting longer than you, Mister Chocolate <laughs> Block. I'd be running around that island like crazy. Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, thanks again for Trader Joe's. That was just an interesting question we got, so I thought I'd uh, pose that one to you. Fun. Uh, well, we got to talk about the uh, the USC spring game. Do to we start? Yeah. We, okay. Um, so Lincoln Riley thought he put on a good show. Got a little picture of him up there on the for the YouTubers. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was talking to David Woods about the UCLA Spring game, and it wasn't a game. It was just sort of like a practice that they happened to put on television. They didn't really do a whole lot for the fans. There was, I felt like there was a lot for the fans. They put a lot into this, trying to make it a really good experience. They had like, you know, guys fielding punts and kicking field goals and signing, you know, the player signing autographs and everything afterwards. So to me, it was um, Lincoln Riley wanted to put on some kind of show, wanted to get people excited. It was the first chance that we got to see, like, really, you know, 7-on-7, 11-on-11, like, team stuff. Um, I I don't know. I felt like they did a good job with this one. What were your your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, the turnout was good. You know, what, 33,000 set the new record in terms of – set a record in terms of spring game attendance. Obviously, I overshot the attendance by about 20,000, but 33,000 is good for a USC spring Yeah, Yeah, but – um, you would have know, had like
2: quadrupled the record had they got the number you look. Got
1: I just I just have I set the bar very high. I yes. had
2: high expectations.
1: But you know, a lot of fans that I talked to had a really great time. Uh they really liked what the product on the field. I think that was probably the most important thing that you actually saw a different team out on the field. You saw better tackle, you saw better effort, you saw big plays on offense, you saw red zone efficiency. And those were the things, you know, that got fans really excited, you know, surplus sale, food trucks, uh, fan fest, all those things are great. But the real, the real showcase of the, that spring game was seeing a different team. And that's what the fans uh, got, you know, Lincoln Riley and that staff delivered a a better looking team, a, a team that's on the upswing. And I think that's what most fans are excited about.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. The when I've I done a lot of radio hits and people were kind of asking and all like we keep coming back to is just it looked like a competent football team. Like they looked like they had a plan. They were preparing with with a purpose. Uh, it wasn't just like, well, we're supposed to do spring football, so we're supposed to well, we we'll probably do position drills. Let's do those. Like it seemed like everything they did there was a purpose behind it and then kind of push you forward to uh the product on the field and the the feeling you got was like, oh, these guys look like there's a reason behind everything they're doing and they know what they're doing and that's why this looks better than maybe what we've seen in the past.
1: What a uh, what an interesting concept, Ryan. <laughs> what an interesting concept for a football team.
2: Yeah, uh, they just haven't had that um, for a while. So, but what, what, did,
1: what did you think of the broadcast? I didn't get to see the broadcast. Obviously, the big story would be Kirk Herbstreet was not there. Seems like he got caught up in health and safety protocols as well, yeah. um, some some deal there, and he was unable to call the game. But what did you think of the broadcast just kind of watching it um, on on ESPN?
2: Yeah, Kurt, I mean, I'm, you know, wishing him the speedy recovery. I guess he had a blood clot. He was supposed to be in Las Vegas this weekend for the NFL draft as well. He's not going to be covering that. Uh, but, yeah, I thought the broadcast, I thought they did a good job. Um like, RG3, you know, Robert Griffin third on the, the sidelines down there was was He was lot. on the
1: field. On the field, yeah. yeah. you could see him. Like, I was like, what are they doing? I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that was RG3. I heard somebody in the stand shouting, RG3, RG3. I thought they were, like, yelling at Caleb, like, he's uh, RG3. But then I realized, oh, wait, that's actually
2: RG3. Yeah. Heisman winning quarterback. Um, yeah. he Like, uh, who was he? I forget the other sideline report, but he was on the field, too. Um, the dude that played at Ohio State. I'm blank on his name right now. But anyway, they were down there on the field. Um, you know, kind of making comments behind the, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool and, you know, just part of the production. But overall, if you're USC, there's only one spring game that they put, you know, on ESPN and it was USC's it's, you're trying to create, uh, you know, more hype and excitement uh, about this team. I think it's all orchestrated within the athletic department and Lincoln Riley. There's a purpose. Like just like we said, like when they looked like they were competent on the field, there was a purpose behind their preparation. There was a purpose behind what they were doing and how this uh TV production came about. Now they they did a interview Caleb Williams, I believe, five times during the broadcast. So five was, times? I believe five I times. I didn't I didn't see
1: him get interviewed at all. Um, because I was on the defensive side. I saw they interviewed Tuli
2: Tui Peloto, but five times. Did Miller Moss get interviewed? He got interviewed once. Uh, He actually said – I think he said uh, uh, Kyle Ford made a hell of a play, and then Molly McGrath was interviewing him, and she said – he did make a heck of a play. And then – so she kind of repeated what he said, but also took out the Uh, swear word. Yeah. And then you could see Miller Moss kind of get a little red and embarrassed like he swore on national television, but – you can say hell, hell? It's okay. You can say hell. I'm not, this isn't the, this isn't the the thirties or whatever. Right. But he just, he was a little embarrassed, but he was, he was, uh he was very good. But they, I believe there was like a Caleb Williams, like pregame interview. There was like a Caleb Williams after one of the touchdown interviews. There was a Caleb Williams halftime interview with, but that was pre-recorded from, with Pete Thamel. Mm-hmm. He talked to yeah. Caleb Williams and um, Lincoln Riley and, and, Caleb Williams was talking about seeing like Kim Kardashian at some restaurant uh, and, you know, not being noticed. And one of those things was just like, I can go out and no one's like, you know, bothering him. Where if if you were in Norman, Oklahoma, like you're the Oklahoma quarterback, it's a big deal. Like in, in LA, you're like, yeah, you're not even like top 30 sports stars in the city at, right now. Now He might be, he could be, he could get up there, but right now he's not, you know, like there's just too many other high-profile sports figures in this city, so he's just not up there. And then I think they did, like, a second-half interview, and then I think, like, a post-game one, too. I mean, they literally, like, interviewed him, like, five times. It was crazy. Wow. And he never talked to the Oklahoma media once until the ball game. Uh, now he's on ESPN five times. Good morning, America. <laughs> it's, like, nuts. I saw Drake got interviewed. Yeah, Drake London. They talked to him a little bit. Some of the – yeah, there's some of the interviews were a little weird. Like, they – Talked to Thule and you know, he, as you know, he's not the greatest talker, though. But he did fine, you know. Uh, but they, they, there was a lot of player interviews. Uh, looked like everyone was having fun. If you're trying to recruit, um, everyone was having a good time, you know. And I think that's, uh, I think that's what you want, you know. Like it, it, it played off well uh, on TV. I think. And Shaka made a really good point
1: because on Tunnel Vision, that while they had a bunch of recruits in, in person recruits that you know maybe couldn't get to the game that were out of state they could watch that game on espn and that's that's a recruiting tool in itself just being on national television and having more eyeballs on you from a recruiting standpoint
2: yeah i think this was definitely and you know uh, we're going to talk about the 24 7 sports um pre you know post spring preseason uh college football poll like their version of the ap poll or whatever uh I feel like it's going to, because you got to see it and you got to say, wow, Caleb Williams looked good and Mari Williams and all these guys. Like, I think there's going to be more optimism about this team just from watching the spring game because of the production and all that. And fair or not, like, I think that's just something you're going to see a little bit more of. You're, you're bearing the
1: lead from the broadcast. I heard a certain tweet made
2: the broadcast. <laughs> I wish I had this graphic up on my screen, I could put it up there for everybody. Uh, so, yes, so if you didn't know, and this was early on, and I, I shotgun, and 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 I both like tweeted at Chris, or Chris, uh, shotgun did, and I replied or whatever. Uh, if you remember, Caleb Williams' first uh, practice at USC, Chris Trevino shows up, you know, two hours early to make sure he could watch every single person come out of the tunnel. Just I didn't like the can... way you said two hours early. <laughs> it was two hours early. Uh, and just to make sure anyone comes out of the tunnel, Chris was going to be able to film them. Of course, Caleb Williams comes out. And he's filming Caleb Williams coming out of the tunnel. And Caleb Williams, instead of going right across the street, right into Howard Jones Field, takes a left and tries to enter the field. The where, second. The second entrance. Where further they, down. Where they would enter. That's where he entered for the player run practices for so long. So he misses the, the entrance. Chris gets it on film. It becomes like a TikTok sensation. I uh, did really well on Twitter. Did
1: over a million views on uh, TikTok. On uh, TikTok, yeah. If enough. you're not following us on TikTok, follow
2: us on TikTok.
1: At, at the, the pair Chris, Wow, Jinx, you owe pretty... me something. A Coke.
2: Uh, Chris, yeah. So very cool. Uh, that was fun. But anyway, so ESPN put it on there and it said courtesy of Chris Travino on Twitter. So very nice. Boom. Yeah. My second time on ESPN. Could um, just, uh, you know, people talk about you, you always talk about like you're nervous or you don't want to like do certain things or, you know, just, you know, you're not the most comfortable person. A lot of times on camera, you're much more comfortable now. Everything's a lot better. Um, but uh, even on social media, I feel like you've opened up a lot more. Right. Do you feel like well,
1: social media is different, Ryan? Why? I'm not on camera like this. I'm not I'm behind a screen. I'm not yeah. in front of the screen, you know. I'm not in front of it. I'm behind it. I just get to say things. I just get to put things out there. I get to say funny things. Yes. It's it's all the the benefits of being on camera without actually being on camera. I can give analysis and opinions or make stupid jokes or post memes, but I don't have to worry about being on camera and looking stupid. I probably look very stupid on camera
2: right no, now. No, no, not at all. Um you wouldn't tell me we're already too deep we're too deep, yeah. Uh, I'd like to change your framing a little bit, but that's okay. We can work on that at a different time. Uh, yeah, so I thought it played really well on television. Uh, that was good. Any other? I mean, I have the stats. Like the stats don't really matter very much. But it's a spring th- game.
1: It's a spring it's daddy. game.
2: I'd love the. So I, I mentioned this on the uh, on television. I think I talked about this with Coach Harvey Hyde too. But I love the 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 evolution of the run game, and I feel like that's going to be a big part of this. Uh, you watch like so Washington State spring game. They're running a version of the air raid. They're doing some similar stuff where they're pulling some guards. They're like emphasizing the run game more. So it's like different Mike Leach air raid at Washington State. They actually are utilizing tight ends for the first time in like more than a decade. I feel like there's similar aspects to what Lincoln Riley's version of the air raid is, where tight ends can have a couple different roles. You know, H back, you know, um, you know, playing the Y or whatever, and then. When you're watching the run game, you get to see some of the athleticism on the offensive line where they'll pull a guard, they'll pull a tackle and a guard, uh, kind of lead block for the running backs. They're running downhill. And on the next levels, you're seeing, I don't want to say, I don't, maybe sophisticated is not the right word, but there, there seems like a real purpose to what the wide receivers are doing as far as they're blocking. Uh, it just seems like everyone's kind of on the same page of what you're doing. You know, before we heard from Darren Barlow, you don't know what to do, just run a swing pass. like. You're probably not going to be an effective blocker if, if you're, you know what you're doing. You're just going to go run something. It felt like what was going on. Everyone kind of had a purpose, and when they were running the ball, they're running downhill. You know, broke some tackles. Uh, it looked good, and you know, in, in the second half, the defense probably was better, and they were making some stops at the line and everything. But I, just the run scheme overall, I liked the way that looked to me. Um, you know, better than what we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah, I think that was sort of maybe not an underrated, but I think that was a big storyline coming out of that game is that, you know, the run game did look it had its moments. It looked it looked more efficient than than last season, even though last season did, you know, make some leaps under Clay McGuire with that with that air raid scheme and him being an O-line air raid based coach. It worked a lot better. But here, you know, from the jump, you know, Henson was able to to build off the the really good foundation that McGuire had set. And it looks like it was coming together. Those running backs were running hard. You know, they look like little uh, bowling balls out there, you know, breaking between the tackles, picking up extra yardage, catching the ball in the backfield. You know, overall, I think they, they showcase what everyone thought they were going to be a really talented three headed monster with, you know, Barlow Jones and, and die still need a little bit more depth there, but overall that's, you know, I think that's one of the best running back rooms in the Pac-12, if not the best running back room in the Pac-12. And you're adding a guy who does something a little bit different in Relique Brown. Yeah. A little more electrifying than, you know, all three of those guys with his quickness and agility. So, you know, still need to add somebody. But I think the running back room is sky's the limit for them. Yeah. Especially with that veteran O-line.
2: I would agree with you there. Um, All right. We probably have some questions, so we can kind of move on from the spring game. Uh, USC. So that twenty four seven Sports poll that I put up on the front page today, I think it was Brad Crawford that that mm-hmm. did it. Three Pac twelve teams got ranked. Uh, you had Utah in the top ten, Oregon. I think it was like twelve, and USC ended up eighteenth, which I feel is fair. Um, I think there's more confidence that okay, this run. You know, maybe there are questions about the defense, but. They feel confident that the offense is going to be good. They have way better coaching. You got Caleb Williams running, you know, running the show. You got some good wide receivers. Got some good running backs. You know, the offensive line's experienced. Um, they're gonna score some points. Uh, you know, you're you're eighteenth in the country, you're probably eight and four, maybe, you know, probably not nine and three. It would probably be like an eight and four kind of record. Um, I think they can definitely do better than that. I, I'm having a hard time picturing them doing worse than that, to be honest. Uh, but I don't, do you feel like that's a fair kind of preseason ranking for USC? I think I think it's slightly
1: a little bit high, you know, I think I think a fair would be like in that low 25 range, you know, 23, 24, 25. I mean, outside inside the 20 feels a little bit high to me, but 18 is fine. I'm not I'm not against number 18. I think that's a fair assessment overall. I would probably put them in that, you know, 22-23 range. Um, but there was some really high ones that we saw earlier, like uh, pro football focus has USC at number eight, which just seems <laughs> a yeah. lot.
2: It, I mean, it's not like I think it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, oh, absolutely. in The realm the of possibility. isn't that good. You if, know?
1: if they fill out with the transfers, if the defense makes strides, they don't need to be great. They need to be good uh, behind that offense of Kayla Williams. You know, I could see, you know, top 10 potential, but a lot of things need to fall their, their way especially with the roster being so thin um and then ESPN had them at 12 which sounds a little bit better than 8 but still a little bit too high to be a top 15 team unless you know they get some some more big big dudes out of the portal but that anything inside the top 15 is like way too high yeah um 18 you could live with 18 yeah you could live with 18 i'd probably put them just outside that that 20 range but overall you know i think
2: it's a i think it's an okay ranking yeah i adjusted your camera a little bit chris it's okay you like cool, it cool. a little better you just shut it off uh no I'm not that's, the, off. that's the that's the proper i might make a little adjustment there so okay get that. see i'm just making it you know okay. i just want you to look on good on the fly like look, look good on the camera on the fly uh, for our youtubers uh we do appreciate everyone listening on youtube and on the Parastel podcast everywhere you get your podcasts we appreciate that very much um Let's uh, let's talk about the transfer portal real quick. The deadline, and I know there was some confusion, and and we had a request, and I go I want to reply to the guy. We had a request on the Peristyle about like putting all this information about the, the transfer portal up there, and I'm like ah that seems like a lot of work. Chris just went and did it, um, but the so you know make me look bad like ah oh. uh, you know you know what's going on, and Chris just goes out and puts it out there. But I thought it was a really good thread. You make
1: uh, me look good. Yeah. I gotta make you look bad. It's uh, it's a good pat, good cop, bad cop kind of deal.
2: Yes, uh, but I thought you did a really nice job with that, with uh, the transfer portal Palooza, Palooza tracker, tracker. Um, and Sir, so,
1: uh, that's uh, trademarked. So, patent pending. Yeah, I got it in. Like I sent it to my patent lawyer. So we're, we're waiting on
2: that. So the uh, the deadline is May first to Sunday. enter the portal. So we should see. Today's the 27th and we're recording this. Over the next four days or whatever it is, uh, more names entering the portal. If you enter the portal before May 1st or by May 1st, you can transfer. You don't have to pick where you're going yet. And I know there was some confusion. I think we said something differently on a couple shows ago or on the Tunnel Vision. But you don't have to pick where you're going before May 1st. You just have to be in the portal. So eligible to transfer before May 1st. You just got to be on that ship. It's like yeah. a ship,
1: Brian. It's leaving the port and it won't be back for 3 months and if you're not on this ship, you can't play in 2022. So you, you got to be on this one.
2: Yeah. Well, it's all it's, I think a better one would be. You get a there's a shipyard. A lot of different ships leaving for different ports. You have to buy a ticket to get into the yard. So you have a ticket. You don't have to pick which boat you're going on yet, but you need to be you need to have a you need to be in that pen ready to get on some boat. Um so if you declare, "Hey, I'm going on a boat." I just don't know which boat I'm going on. Then, okay, you can get there in time. I don't even know that's a good analogy, but you I you think have, you improved on my analogy. Maybe, but it's still not great. But you basically have to <laughs> you have to get in there uh and declare that you're going to transfer somewhere, and then you have a chance to to pick. So I think we'll see a crazy f- three, four days uh until you know Sunday, um, of some more players entering the portal. There's gonna be rumors, and uh and then over the next Weeks, months, then it'll be uh, players picking different schools. And USC already picked up um, one uh, transfer portal, uh, Bryson Shaw, uh, defensive back from Ohio State, who started 12 games last year. Um, I think he got the start because of an injury. We'll have some more information in the war room on that. We've got some more details on that. But that's the first one. We know there's, you know, Lincoln Riley said, Chris, there's going to be like, uh, double digit Double digit dudes At least nine more to go Yeah But one down And uh, you know you got a Ohio State guy Is that the first uh, Big Ten Transfer This this group There's no other Big Ten guys You threw, right?
1: me, you threw, me, on the, you threw me on the spot I'm trying You're to trying, think you got two CC, SEC guys you yeah, got a couple Big,
2: Big 12, 12 guys uh, A bunch of Pac-12 guys uh, nice. An ACC guy Bobby Haskins I think it was I the only think Big you're Ten. Right, yeah, yeah. I think it's the only Big Ten. So every other uh, Power Five conference now represented in the USC transfer portal palooza. Uh, what else did you put in that post, by the way? In yeah, Tracker. it just, it just kind of
1: ran down what you said about the primer. It's just basically a primer um, about you know the main first May first deadline because there's been a lot of confusion about that. But you just have to be in there. Um, by May 1st, I also kind of went through offers because somebody asked for all the offers with transfer portal prospects. and I explained that transfer recruiting is a lot different because a lot of these guys aren't really posting their offers, you know, A lot of these guys already went through the process in recruiting, you know, where every guy is posting what offer they got like, oh, I got Ohio State, oh, I got Auburn, I got North Carolina, whatever. It's all about that that offer clout. In, in high school, and a lot of the guys are older now. They're through that. They don't want to go through that. The portal's about getting in and out. They want to find that next home as quick as possible. That's why the portal works uh, so quickly, that recruitment. So a lot of these guys aren't really posting the offer. Doesn't mean they don't have offers, though, because, you know, like a guy like Elias Ricks, he's in the portal. You know every school has a standing offer from him. He's not going to post what offers he's got. USC just calling him up and is like, Hey, we're interested in you. And that's sort of the offer. You know, you don't really need an offer like that. The only guys that are really posting their offers are like those guys who were like two-star recruits or three-star <laughs> recruits that weren't really heavily recruited the first time around out of high yeah. school. But now, now that they're in the portal, it's sort of a second recruitment. And now they're, they're more valuable. You know, you got all these Power 5 conferences. Like a guy like Casey Rogers, who was like a three-star guy, low-end three-star guy out of Connecticut. Nebraska was one of his biggest offers. Now he's getting like Auburn, obviously USC. You have a lot of these bigger schools coming after him. He's posting all his offers. So I put in the guys that are offered that are still on the board. You know, Casey Rogers, the Nebraska guy I mentioned. Uh, Lorenzo McCaskill, the Louisiana linebacker. USC offered him way back in February. He is still hopping around on the portal. Uh, Tennessee interior offensive lineman Chris ackpor Jenny, I think that's what it's it, what it is. He got, he got that, offered yeah. back in January as well. Um, I believe he's still out there in the portal. Those are the, like the three that are out there. When more come, we'll offer. We'll, we'll uh, throw those in there, and then just some of the the targets that USC has right now in in the
2: portal. Yeah the the question on the Paris. I mean, it was it's it's good, but it was sort of like it's different. It's just the cycle for transfers and recruiting transfers is just very different than high school. So there's like lists of offers and things like that. Like Chris mentioned, there's just, it's just not the same way in the transfer portal. And I think the people that they really were caring about, those are the guys aren't, that aren't listing like their offers. It's it's sort of like a real estate deal. Uh, it's very hot market. And you know, there's like before the, the house even goes on the market, like the, the, the best realtors already know yeah. it's coming up. And then that's when the deals get done. Once it hits the MLS and it's up there, it's like, it's already too late, you know? And I feel like that's sort of where they wanted to kind of know that stuff. It's like, Hey, that's great. But there's, that's not, um, that's kind of not how this is going to work. Like when the best, you know, the best offensive tackle in the country, like hits the portal, like it's a big deal and they've it's like deals have already been done, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's His
1: of, offers or who's calling him 30 minutes after he yeah. enters that's, that's where his offers are. And Like a good example is that LSU running back Corey Kiner. He entered the portal, and within six hours, he had committed to Cincinnati. It was like that quick.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that's just like a hyper example of the speed of this thing, right? So it's hard to keep like a database for that kind of stuff. But there, you know, there's, but the guys that are in there, those are the homes that have been on the market for six months, right? And then like, hey, price reduced, and uh, (laughs) trying to. Uh, you know, figure that kind of stuff out. So uh, there's also one other, we mentioned him on uh, Tunnel Vision, uh, Eric Gentry, uh, freshman All American linebacker, really long kid. Um, I'll have some, I have a little intel on him uh, in the War Room coming up on Friday. If you're not a subscriber, go to uscfootball.com. Look at and, you. Uh, Drop in
1: War Room, war room uh, teasers in all way. over this thing.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, but. I don't know. Have you seen much of Eric Gentry, Chris? I mean, he's. I a, saw him on the sideline multiple times.
1: I didn't realize who he was at first. And I was like, this guy is really tall. This guy's. I thought <laughs> was a basketball player. He is six foot six. He is a little light on the weight, though. He is yeah. probably 200 pounds soaking wet. he He's a skinny, long kid, but, you know, he produced in his first year, you know, I think like 45 tackles, five tackles for loss, uh, freshman All American honor. So. You know, he's a guy and that's why I believe he's like ranked number 18 in the portal rankings right now. So he's a he's a hot commodity.
2: Yeah. So there there's definitely some sinking ships out there. And if you I've watched all the spring games, uh, my co-host on the podcast champion, David Woods, makes fun of me. But like if you watch the Arizona State spring game uh, on the Pac-12 Network, like Herm Edwards, there's all this positivity. They were talking about. uh what's the receiver that went in the portal? pershall or what? I, I can't remember his name. Uh, Pershal? pershall yeah. Uh, and then Eric Gentry, they were talking about him a lot. Ricky, uh, I think. Ricky, okay. Um, so they're talking about these guys. Uh, you know, yeah, players left, but we have all these guys still. And then those guys enter the portal right after spring as well. So, yeah, th- that, those are hard guys to replace. Chris Cartman, who covers the Sun Devils, SunDevilsSource.com, had said, like, those are two of the most important players that Arizona State had, uh, because the the wide receivers from Tempe, you know, and then you know, your freshman all American linebacker is leaving the program. So if USC could pick him up, uh, that would be a, a really big deal. Um, you know, obviously need some linebacker help. So portal watch. We're on the portal watch. Um that the roster looks so much different four months ago to now.
1: It's gonna look so much different in four more months.
2: Yeah, I think it'll look a lot different too uh okay we also wanted to talk about the depth chart so chris uh took a shot at projecting what the depth chart would be as of right now the offensive depth chart projection this is 2.0 version is up and probably by the time you listen to this the defense one will be up right chris it's done i just need to
1: run through it do some last minute checks and it'll probably it'll go up sometime today but yeah
2: nice uh, I
1: I thought I had something better to say, but no. I was just like,
2: yeah, it's it's gonna be up. It's gonna be up. <laughs> that's what you got. Um, all right. So I'm gonna like shock the world and we're gonna put predict uh, Caleb Williams is gonna be the starting quarterback. Okay, that's there what, you go. That's what you were uh there you go and said, But Miller Moss did great. Stock uh, up
1: on Miller Moss. Yeah. And he like, showcased a
2: lot. He uh yeah, stock up for sure. He did he looked uh he looked really good um out there. More so confident. I, moving around really well. So if you're worried about him, like I don't think he's transferring out of the program. I think he knows he's going to get time reps. Uh, he's going to learn. He looked good. And then, you know, if Caleb Williams stays another, well, I guess he would. Uh, and he wants to transfer somewhere after 2022, he could probably go be a starter, a lot of different places, you know, so, or stay, you know, stick around and try to be the starter then following year, whatever it is. But I don't think it's a, you know, a stretch to say Caleb Williams is going to be your starting quarterback uh, for running backs. There's only three choices. But you like uh, you like yourself some some Travis Dye. I think I got a picture of him somewhere. Where did I put yeah, him? that one I was just
1: kind of basing off. I mean, first of all, all three of those guys are going to play a lot. I mean, they've said yeah. as much, you know, Kyle McDonald's as Kyle McDonald has said as much. Lincoln Riley has said as much. All three guys are going to play. It's it's not going to be sort of a true number one back unless get one guy is just like dominating, then I think it'll shift to that. But all three guys are going to get touches. All three guys are going to get snaps. And just by the the feel of the Saturday uh, spring game, it just felt like Travis Dye and Austin Jones were kind of the first two out there. Yeah. And then it seemed like Darwin, Bar- Darwin Barlow was sort of carrying all those second team. When the second team offense was out there with Miller, he was kind of the guy out there. So felt like Travis Dye and Austin Jones were kind of the the top two right now. But like I said, all three are going to play.
2: Yeah. Uh, for the tight ends, kind of H-back. Um, you still like Lake McCree, who we haven't seen yet? Uh, yeah, I, I,
1: I'm i not afraid to, as, as I've shown with these depth charts, I'm not afraid to sort of just put an injured guy on there if I feel like he's going to play. You know, looking at that tight end spot, it's not super deep. So I think you need Lake, and given his pass – pass-catching ability that he showcased last season, it's going to be a weapon. It's going to be something that can be used in this offense. And obviously Jude Wolf, Malcolm Epps were sort of the two healthiest guys out there, the two you know, guys with the most experience. So they took, no surprise, all the reps in spring camp among that first-team offense. And I think when Lake comes back, he's going to be slotted right there too, and I think he'll be part of that rotation. Follow Ethan Ray, Sean Mahoney, they all got time in the spring game, um, but they're kind of in that second you know, deeper unit follow, who was banged up most of spring. He got a little bit of time on spring, which, uh, the spring game, which was nice to see. But I still think it's a Lake McCree, Jude Wolf, Epps kind of deal for, that, right. for that top spot.
2: And Moving on to wide receivers, you have uh, Mario Williams, Gary Bryant Jr., Brendan Rice, and uh, Terrell Bynum, three transfers uh, in that group. And with backups, Kyron Ware-Hudson, who had a really good spring game, uh, Kyle Ford, who had a that 48-yard touchdown pass, and uh, John Jackson III, who played well in the spring game. And then Michael Jackson, uh, who didn't get to play in the spring game. I'll put some of those pictures up. There's Terrell Bynum. Yeah, looking good. Looking good. Looking yeah, yoked.
1: The big thing for me was just putting Gary in that top group. Obviously, you know Dennis Simmons, wide receiver coach, had said he'd been having a really good spring camp, but then he got you know banged up in that those final two weeks. Practiced a little bit, probably a little bit limited, but didn't end up playing on Saturday, which was a bummer. You know, given a guy who has battled, you know, those kind of hamstring, soft tissue injuries, but I still think he sh- should be in that top group because you know he's a returning leading receiver. He has that speed element that that makes him a deep field threat. So right now, I'm keeping him in there. Obviously, Mario had the two touchdowns. He's he's locked in, and then Brendan Rice and Terrell Bynum seem to be working with that first team unit more more often than others. Kyle Ford actually got a lot of first team reps too, but just because I'm putting Gary up there, I'm gonna have him in that second. Unit with you know Kyron Ware Hudson who like you said had a really nice spring game John Jackson made some catches and then I think Michael Jackson is is a safe fit to be in that top group as well he was just obviously injured uh, he got injured like that last week and wasn't able to play so that was a bummer but he had been doing some nice things in spring so that that's a top eight I'm comfortable with seems yeah. like Taj has fallen off a little bit and C J Williams was limited all camp so he, it's hard to he, you know hard to kind of put him anywhere in that right now whoops uh but you know he could have a really big fall and kind of
2: challenge for that that rotation yeah I would agree with you there uh we'll kind of go through the offensive line pretty quick because it's pretty standard uh right now it's Cortland Ford at left tackle but Bobby Haskins could be in there we didn't get to see him much Mason Murphy their backup I thought he did well this spring at left guard Andrew Voorhees uh obviously somebody starts there but Gino know actually got called out on Twitter for like a he pulled and just took out a defensive back. He looked pretty good there at the backup. Brett Nilon as the back as the center with Dietrich backing him up and Andrew Millick. Uh, but right guard, you got Justin Dietrich. so he's he's starting on the offensive line right now. And Max Gibbs, who I think we have a question about him, uh, he was the backup there at right guard and then right tackle, Jonah Monheim, and uh, he's backed up by uh, Joe Bryson. The preferred uh, walk on, yeah. So, people were asking on the peristyle about who's Joe Bryson. I'm like, well, he's getting some reps, uh, at, yeah. He was getting reps in the spring game,
1: yeah. He looks like he's been locked in as that right tackle, uh, the backup right tackle for quite some time, which kind of speaks to I've always been kind of high on Joe Bryson, just he's six foot eight. I think he has some ability to kind of help be a depth guy, but it also kind of speaks to the depth issues that you're having right now that you have a walk on as your, as your backup. Uh, right tackle which you know assuming they get some guys out of the portal which I expect them to do I don't think that'll that'll hold up but you know right now that's the situation Um, and yeah I mentioned Bobby Haskins I had Bobby Haskins and Cortland Ford as that or for the left tackle spot because when he comes back I fully expect him to compete for that left tackle with Ford as Josh Henson has mentioned so it'd be interesting to see what kind of effect that has when Haskins comes back does he does Ford beat him out? Does Haskins beat him out? Does Ford go to right tackle? Does Haskins go to right tackle? Does Monheim shift into inside to right guard? Uh, does Dietrich hold Monheim off at right guard? Is Monheim just going to be the, that swing tackle who can play tackle or interior? So a lot of ripple effects for when Haskins comes back.
2: Yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, but I think they feel pretty good about first six, seven, eight guys right now. You get Haskins in there. Maybe you get another guy from the portal. Certainly add to the depth, but, you know, guys like Mason Murphy that you feel pretty confident in, um, you know, there's some versatile versatile guys there. I think that helps out. Uh, You haven't published, as of right now, the defensive one. Do you want to go over uh, some of the highlights from that, or do you want to wait since it's not up yet?
1: Um, We can run through. I can run through it uh, really quickly for you. Sure. Just kind of save this. I just want to say that first off with the defensive line, I wasn't really hitting my spots with my first projections. I was just going off, uh, just purely kind of guessing, getting a feel for it. Because first off, I had Corey Foreman at defensive end, which isn't the case right now. It's uh, it's obviously Nick Figueroa. Yeah. But that front is sort of Nick Figueroa, Stanley Tawafu, and then obviously the only one I hit was Thule Tuipilotu because Duh. you got to have Thule in there. Um, so that those are kind of the first three... I got T- Tyrone Teleni, uh, Brandon Peely, and then Dijon Benton as kind of that backups. Um, and then Solo, I do have at the defensive end spot, but he got a lot of reps on Saturday. So I think that defensive end rotation is going to be pretty frequent yeah. with Teleni, Tulia Pupu, and then Figueroa. So they they cycled a lot of guys for that front. So I think we'll see a lot more rotation um, Rush is pretty simple. It's uh Romello Hyatt and Corey Foreman. Those are the top two guys we saw on Saturday. Elijah Winston after that. Uh the linebackers, Shane Lee, Raylan Goforth, pretty pretty simple there. Uh Tua Nomora seems to be has captured that backup spot behind uh Shane Lee. And then Rajon Davis made a move late in camp and is sort of backing up Raylan Goforth now at that will spot. Cornerbacks really beat up, Ryan. There's no, there's no, not a, there's no dudes. not a lot of dudes, but I still went with my predictions to – I held firm with Makai Blackman and Josh Jackson as being the guys. Both of those guys did we not play. Did. <laughs> they didn't play in the spring game. Did not play in the spring game. Sorry, no. I'm talking so much. I had to, to reset there. But Blackman is one of your best defenders on this team, and Lincoln Riley has mentioned that. So I'm still confident that Makai Blackman is going to be a starter at one of these cornerback spots. And Profit Brown, Sierra Wright, got a lot of reps at the end of that camp. Joshua Jackson, coming off injury, did not play a lot, very limited, um, did not play at all in the spring game. But given his experience and him being sort of a Dante guy, I still like him to sort of, when he's healthy, to slot back in and kind of compete for that other starting job right away. You know, Profit Sierra seemed like the backups right now. And then Damani Jackson, I'm not really sure where he's going to fit in because he was also limited, but I have him down there deeper on the depth chart. But that could change uh, by the by the uh, fall. Fall, sure. Uh, what about the safety spots? Safeties, I have Kalen Bullock, and I went another with an injured guy, Xavier Alford, at that strong safety spot. Examarion Gordon kind of stepped up and was kind of filling that role while Alford, who was hurt in the first week of camp, that was it. He didn't get to do anything after that, which is a bummer, uh, but I still like Alford to kind of be a guy that is possibly a starter. Latrell McCutcheon, who we thought was going to be a quarterback, has shifted to uh, safety, so he's kind of that backup to Cameron Bullock, even though I expect him to play a lot. Um, so those are kind of the the four there, uh, Bullock, Alfred, Gordon, and McCutcheon, but it's going to get really interesting in the fall when you have Bryson Shaw coming in, and then also... The the big war daddy himself, Zion Branch, who, yeah. look out, he's he's coming to play. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the nickel was just very simple. Max Williams, Jalen Smith, those are the top two nickels. There's a Jalen Smith. Probably need another guy there. Um, Britton Allen was injured. That was a guy who I thought could be like that third nickel. But look out for Fabian Ross, the incoming cornerback, to kind of
2: slot in there. And we heard from Alex Grinch that they're going to play – uh, you know the best. I mean, I don't know if it was Grinch or Dante Williams. that You know, it was Grinch. The best five guys. Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, moving a guy around. You know, McCutcheon, poor guy, got a, a targeting call that wasn't targeting, and he got thrown out of the spring game, and then came back. Um, I don't know if this look. practical
1: refs still have to get their practice too. Yeah, they They're still
2: have to get their targeting throwing, call, throwing flags that you don't really need. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else? Chris before we move on to questions and That's such. That's all I got. All right. Uh well why don't we take a quick break and we will come back in a minute and talk about uh do some some questions you guys have. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. No break if you're on YouTube, but uh, you know uh, you get to watch us look, dance to the music a little bit. Why don't we start, Chris, with a voicemail? I'll play this one for you.
0: Hi, Curtis from Moreno Valley. This call is for Chris. Chris, uh-huh. I sent you a reply on Twitter that had a running play, a touchdown, where Maximus Gibbs sealed off like went to went to one direction and sealed off his man and pancaked him and while he was doing that they pulled behind him to run off tackle. Usually lines don't pull the run off tackle, they just run off tackle. this, this is what is gonna separate our offense from the others that run uh, air raid type system with four receivers and a back all the time. This is how they pull the trap was Maximus and the pull was behind him. That's what's going to be happening all season. Max may play a lot. I hope so. But you got to check out that video, Peristyle. Talk to you soon.
1: Nice. I have seen that video. I did see that video. And I just want to say that Max Gibbs, underrated athleticism. He was pulling a lot when he was at St. John Bosco. Just go back and watch the tape. They would get out. He was pancaking dudes. Once he gets on you, it's over. It's over, Ryan. At 340 pounds, 350 pounds, sorry. No, he wants to get to 350, 370 pounds. It's over. It's just like once he gets his hand on you, there's no stopping him. And, yeah, you know, he's a guy who can pull, pulled in high school. And, you know, I know like a guy like Cortland Ford was super excited about all the pulling that they do and all that stuff to kind of showcase their athleticism. So, yeah, the the run game can be very elite
2: this year. I think so. And it's not just Max Gibbs. I mean, well, I, Ford, you know, they, there's a lot of guys, I think, that are athletic on that line. And you're going to see that's just more of the, the style of what they're going to be running. Uh, But a guy like Gibbs, you can get him moving. Uh, There's a lot of, a lot of mass going, you know. But Uh, I did want to say, it did look a little
1: bit like holding on that clip. I just want to say, I I think maybe a a a more, uh, flag happy Pac-12 ref would
2: throw the flag on that. Okay, Uh, but that's that's just me.
1: Yeah, but it was a nice play.
2: Nice. how were we doing this? Were, was I reading the questions or were you? What were we doing? You were, you've been reading the questions. You've been reading Okay. Yeah. So I don't have go. my glasses on, so I'm blind. So it'd be taking. Oh, perfect. So it's, it's all you. Well, why don't we go to uh, Gary, class of 1975. As you know, the NFL draft is coming up this weekend. I'm actually heading to Vegas tomorrow. While we're recording this, I had to check into my Southwest flight. I did it like a minute late. And I already got like in the middle of the B's. Like, dang. Oh, uh, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Uh, I just like getting the A's if I can. Uh, Gary, class 1975, which of our two, quote, Drakes will get gra- drafted higher this week? And who will have the longer or better NFL career? Thanks and fight on from Gary. Well, Drake London. will be the He'll be drafted first, for sure, of the two. Do you think he'll have a longer NFL career? I do think so. Yeah, I kind of think cause so. Just because the way the modern NFL passing
1: game is, you know, you always want elite wide receivers. And I think Drake London can be an elite wide receiver, so you know I think I think he's going to be a big playmaker in the NFL. I'm not saying Drake Jackson doesn't have the ability to do that; he does have the ability to do that. But I think it's just harder for like a pass rusher to kind of break out than it is a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, no, I I think you're right there too. And just he's one of those guys. I think you you know he's not relying on elite speed; it's more his size his You know, hands the route running, the catch radius, like that's something I think you can get some longevity with uh, in the NFL. So, I would go with uh, I would go with uh, Drake London, also certainly for who's going to get drafted first. Uh, He'll be a first round pick. I don't think Drake Jackson will, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, Thanks, Gary, for that one. This was a question that we actually I read on Monday with Coach Harvey Hyde, Chris, but I wanted to read it to you too because I thought it was interesting. Get your thoughts. From Danny, it was great to see the majority of the high-profile transfers thrive during the spring game. That being said, after reviewing the spring camp, which transfer out will be most missed? I can give you my answer if you want, or you just do yours. Is it Jackson Dart? No. Oh. He would not be the most missed. I said Michael Trick. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, I think that that's the one. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Dart, I mean, you got Caleb Williams, like what dark like you're gonna miss your backup quarterback like uh they've got a lot of good receivers too but just Trig sort of brings this he has kind of a unique skill set, size, speed, you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like when you, you're losing a Drake London and you, you have some unproven receiver talent. Not that he's super proven, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, Trig could have been an absolute like monster in this offense. So Yeah. If that's the correct answer. You're right. I, but I mean I'm trying to think of anyone else. Like I think you could argue maybe like like Chase Williams, not not Chase Williams. I was thinking more like O line depth, just like having another body there. Okay, like a Casey Collier, who you know at six foot six foot seven, three hundred pounds, had a lot of basketball player. You could have worked with that, but you know, obviously some kind of like homesickness stuff. So I think that that's one. Um, just because the O line depth is pretty thin. Yeah,
2: uh, but that you know, there's just guys that are just like. You can get there. by with all of them, you know, without any of them. Right. Most of them. Um, so the fact that that's a hard question to answer, that's pretty good. I would think. Right. So that, you know, if there's not like, oh, you lost, if you lost Caleb Williams, that's an easy answer. Like, oh, Caleb Williams, you know, like if, if it's Oklahoma, you're like, that's Caleb Williams. Like, well, you actually got Caleb Williams. So that's, you know, kind of the opposite side. We have Arizona Jack with a question. Uh, he says, Hey guys, what's going on with our friends over at rain of Troy. Haven't received a podcast from Raymond Troy since February eighth. Uh, can you provide information about them? Thanks much, Arizona Jack. Did we do this one already? Or we did we talk about this? I don't think I thought we saw it on a tunnel vision. Maybe I'm maybe I'm it was mistaken. a tunnel vision one. Yeah. Like our friends over there, Michael and Lucia, they're getting married. I know they're planning their wedding. They've backed away from the website because they both have regular jobs or different jobs. Uh I thought they'd keep doing their shows, but I, you know. I don't know. I thought they tweeted that they were about to do one again. Yeah,
1: but. I think Michael tweeted that they're going to be. Yeah, needless to say, the Rain of Troy wedding is about, is just about upon us, which hopefully means Penguin of Troy and I will have time, energy to podcast in the not so distant future for real, hopefully. So,
2: okay. So, there you Soon. go. Soon. It's a, kind of a weird question to ask us. You know, like, it's like if going to you go into McDonald's and go, hey, when's, uh, Wendy's going to bring back the spicy chicken sandwich or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like that's Wendy's. Um, because they're friends of the pot. They are friends of the pot. They're yeah. just,
1: you, they want us as friends to check in on them.
2: Yes. Uh, so we'll do this thing called look at the Twitters and then. Okay. You know, uh you did that. But yeah, we, you know, wish them the very happy. Hopefully they'll get to do more podcasts after the wedding and stuff. I know it's a lot to plan. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's been how many weddings that there been between like podcast hosts. You know, like that's kind of a. Unique what are you? Thing. What are you saying, Ryan? <laughs>
1: what are you saying, Ryan? Uh, we're Ryan, both single. You, <laughs> I'm not single.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you're not I, married. Like you're, a, you're. you're in a I mention my girlfriend all the time, and that's where it chosen. Right, right, right. But you're, you're.
1: Not, are you saying you wish I was single? She
2: not You didn't put a ring on it, so you're oh, like right. technically like, okay. If you had to fill out a form, okay. You're single. I don't have a dependent is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. You're single in the eyes of the government. Okay. Yeah. Which that's, you know, that's how we look at stuff. (laughs) Uh, Frank in Sacramento says, uh, I'm glad to see the Parastyle podcast is really getting to be big time. Okay. Uh, I'm listening to other podcasts for college football and on comes Ryan doing a pretty well produced commercial for the Parastyle podcast. I'm just happy I've been listening for 10 years. Well, thanks, Frank. We got a couple of double digit listeners uh, today. Double digit listeners for a double digit
1: longevity show? No, was, I, I messed that up. You kind of screwed that one up,
2: but uh, that's okay. Uh, yes, well, Frank, thank you. So we have uh, sort of our our network on um, Meg- it's the megaphone's the platform we put our podcasts on. But all of the twenty four seven sports, we try to get everyone to do our podcasts on that. And then the bigger shows are they allow us to record a commercial, like you said. So I recorded a commercial. I don't know a couple of months ago. Thanks for saying that it's produced well. I produced it. Um, and then but then you can listen to it. Like I was listening to the cover three, which is kind of like the main um national college football recruiting podcast for 24 7 Sports, CBS Sports. And my, you know, the the commercials bit featured on that. So uh, I'm glad you're listening to other shows too. And uh thanks you for listening to our commercial and happy about that. Have you heard that one, Chris? Have you heard our commercial out there? I've had people hit me up that I've heard like a commercial for your website on
1: podcasts. I think my friend listens to like the CBS baseball podcast or something oh, okay. like that, so they've heard that. There. So, nice. yeah, we're we're out there. We are out there. Well, you're out there. I'm not. Well, you're part of it. Well, yeah, but it's not my voice, is what I'm saying.
2: And you're you're an actual. You're not a, a distant cousin of the podcast. You're like on it. And you, I'm you're you doing two podcasts now. Like you,
1: I got two podcasts, and I'm on a live
2: show. I'm out here. You're like just putting yourself out there. All right, we got one last one, uh, Jim, class of '88. In a recent podcast, you joked that Caleb Williams would need to use some nil money or goods to quote pay Michael Jackson for the jersey number thirteen. Wouldn't any benefit that does not flow through an nil constitute uh, con- that would not throw? Sorry, uh, wouldn't any benefit that does not flow through nil constitute a quote improper benefit? Uh, my fear, of course, is us finally getting good again, only to get "quote bush bashed" again by the NCAA for improper benefit nonsense. Jim in '88, Jim, I don't think you have to worry about the NCAA doing anything like that. A um, player you, gives got, up,
1: you got players getting eight million dollars. I think yeah. I think we're well off
2: the. If Caleb Williams, like you know, got uh, an extra like Beats headphones for Michael Jackson or something, that's not going to be anything compared to eight million dollars for a recruit going to Tennessee,
1: but. I don't. I don't think it's, but it's not like, like a benefit, right? It's just like two players, like yeah. Two, I think just swapping. Themselves. Yeah, there was a player. I'm not naming the player that is on the team now that was going to pay someone a good chunk of change for their number. Um, so I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a violation of any court because it's just two guys. It's like it's like if we if we had the same. If we had the 247 shirts and you had a purple one I liked and I had this like yeah. yellow one, I was like, Ryan, I'll give you $500 and a Chili's gift card if you swap the <laughs> shirts with me. And you're like, fine, that's cool.
2: Yeah. I don't think that's like a, a violation of any sort.
1: No, that's I would. It's so. not
2: the school paying you. Yeah, Jim. And I, yeah, I, worrying about the NCAA bashing you, like that would literally be, if something like that happened, if it, if it I don't think it's a violation, but if it was, it would be in the noise compared to what's going on right now. So, it would not. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you have your tax return that's a ten forty EZ, and you put an extra couple bucks on there for whatever. Um, you know, the IRS is probably not worried about that one. They're worried about you know the huge you know way bigger tax returns out there than they would worry about that one. I, I would feel like that would be the same thing. I forgot we were on. Thing and I was scratching my back. So, people are like, are you on your camera. You yeah. I kind yes. of forget about the camera sometimes too. Cause, like, I've, uh, I try to. So, what we're doing, just if you're behind the scenes, we're recording uh, for the podcast that we put it up on the podcast, but we also are recording on video. And I'm trying to produce both at the same time and like put pictures up or change camera angles and things. And then sometimes you forget, like, oh, yeah, I got to like control some of the camera stuff. So, we're on the same two shot. At least we're like on a two shot and you could see us and we're just talking. If I left it on like a picture of eric gentry or something for like the last half of the show that probably wouldn't be very good since we weren't talking about eric gentry all that long uh but that will wrap things up um i don't know chris we finished spring football we're not done oh i forgot you got some you got something i made a tweet before i came in this show about
1: if i had to go through one more helton season i was going to quit my job and become an apprentice baker and you mentioned that where we're just Sitting around here, getting yeah. ready for the show, and you were like, you like to bake. I do. I like to bake. So I think we want to have a bake-off this summer. Um, we'll obviously need some sort of judging. Maybe Nicole will just have to be the judge for a tunnel vision or something. Uh, blind taste tests, of course. Yeah. Or we'll have some other judge. Who knows? But we want to know what we should bake off. Yes. So... Tell us what we should bake off. Email us. DM us. I'm going to put it on Twitter also. But I just want to hear what people think we should bake off.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think we're open to just about anything. Like, are you thinking sweets? Or are you thinking, I'm thinking like thinking breads? Sweets. Yeah. I would think of uh, more bread's sweets. Bread's hard. <laughs> bread, I like make a bread. Um, oh, no. You're like an actual baker. Uh, I mean, you could do... It could be like a couple categories. You could, I mean, it could be the simple you wanna, like. You want to
1: bake multiple categories? You want to have a bake-off, bake-off. Well, like a British mean, bake-off.
2: So you could do like, all right, you have, it could be the super basic, like make Nestle Toll House cookies. No, so,
1: no, it has to be from scratch. That's from scratch.
2: <laughs> it's like, What do you think it is? It's not, I'm not talking about the tube. Like you buy a bag of chocolate <laughs> chips. What are you talking about? Yeah, Nestle told us. So you buy a bag of chocolate chips. You have flour and sugar oh, and brown sugar w- and butter. I thought you were ends. talking
1: about those like ones that no. come cubed already. In the, but I'm saying in-
2: like there's like so there was a funny Friends episode where they're trying to Monica's trying to recreate Phoebe's grandmother's like recipe for chocolate chips, and there's like she's playing she's making zillions of chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip cookies, and Phoebe at the end says it's like. Like it was uh, it was like Frederick like Nestle or something <laughs> like Nestle. Told, it was like yeah. literally the thing on the yeah, back yeah. of the chocolate chips. Uh, but like that's like a standard chocolate chip cookie that we could both make and say, okay, who made the cookie better? Or like any kind of cookie or any kind of brownie right. or whatever. It's like
1: make a brownie and see who makes the best brownie.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I have a lot of experience in making Christmas cookies my mom would make. so. I feel like I'm – I feel like I'm, I feel like you were like, I, I you were you like, you this. were sent me, you were a pool shark in me, whatever. It's, you were hustling me. Yeah. I was like playing <laughs> in the bar with like the, the, the kind of wobbly pool stick that's yeah. on the side. And I'm like playing, like, oh, okay. You want to play? Oh, five it. bucks a game. And like, sure. And then I pull out my little ca- case from underneath. You're like,
1: yeah. Open it up, screw my, I like, I like to make like box cakes on, but no, you're like, you have your own flour. you have a, <laughs>
2: Use the I mean, you can't use store bought flour. I have you have to grow your own. Oh my I'm just god! <laughs> oh my god! If you get good vanilla, that does help. Um, I like that, you know, and then fresh eggs from like my chicken's cousin's farm. No, seriously, from my cousin's <laughs> oh my god! Farm. I will get the fresh I'm eggs. Walking into from a,
1: uh, I'm walking into a bus saw here. <laughs> I'm walking into a bus saw here. So uh,
2: let us know what you want us to do, uh, right? And if there's multiple things oh, whatever, but I, I do love big, and here's the thing. If we do a bake-off and I lose. Yeah, we're I, wagering something. Oh, we can wager if you want. But I don't really care because, first of all, I'm going to like whatever I make. And I'm probably going to like whatever Chris makes. I love eating sweets. So, like, if we have a bake-off, I get to eat all the So, even if sweets. you're
1: the loser, you're still
2: the winner. I'm winning. Like, we're, 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 we're producing baked goods. So, we all win because we get to eat, which I like. So, uh, But, yeah, Chris just tweeted it out. I retweeted it. So, let us know what you want us to do. Uh, you know, you can send us an email podcast. And if you at, want to was, be a judge, because <laughs> we need judges. Yeah.
1: So if you're like, I feel like we need at south, least three judges, right? Yes. If you're it can't be one person, it has to be
2: we did this, uh, so I coached volleyball class, and there was uh actually it's funny. Two set the these two twins uh that were in volleyball class, and their older brother was a punter for USC. Um, so like they kind of knew me through that or whatever, but, and they had like a cookie business. Um, and we did a bake off one time and they beat me. Well, Uh, we brought down to the beach (laughs) and let people try, but they were really impressed with what I brought to the table. So, uh, but they like, they, they had a cookie business, you know? Well, (laughs) I don't, I don't like this. Good luck.
1: I, I. Whatever, I whatever. This? I like to bake. Whatever. <laughs> I've never, I've never added an element, a sprinkle of competitiveness into this, so I don't know what that's going to yield.
2: No, it'll be fine. We'll be. We'll I'm going to spend
1: it. a year, uh, maybe not a year. I'm going to spend three weeks concocting the perfect recipe. Perfect.
2: Um, the uh, and also, so Sunday we're going to do another Tunnel Vision, even though there's no more spring football because we have a special event. Chris is going to get tatted up live on Tunnel Vision. Gonna get some fresh ink. Yeah, uh, oh, your only ink. Yeah, I get. I guess my yeah. fresh,
1: my first fresh ink.
2: Fresh ink, that? sweet. Uh, okay. Well, I guess that's gonna wrap things up. Again, I forgot we were on video for that whole time. Great. Like I keep looking. Uh, all right. Well, for Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast on the podcast feed or. Uh, live on YouTube. Hi, guys, everyone there. We really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks again to Trader Joe's for our sponsor. And we will talk to you next time.
1: You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business.